All right, it all matters now. Maple Leaf season starts off in about one hour. Puck drop on the real deal for the Maple Leafs. It's a fan pregame. Justin and Ailish, Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet Sportsnet Plus coming to you for the next hour live. Let's did it, go. Did it creep up on you? Like it, yes. felt like the, it felt like the preseason lasted forever, but also we arrived at this point very, very quickly. It might be like the starting a new show thing, new time uh, slot thing. That, that might have been, so it might just be a personal issue going through at the moment, but it felt like it crept up on us today, and frankly, I can't wait. Well, it's uh, all Canadian teams in action tonight taking on Sportsnet. Uh, of course, the big one for us here in Toronto, Montreal, here against Toronto. And that doesn't always fare well for the Leafs, but uh, we'll move forward and we'll think about the season as a new one because defining success for the Leafs is something that we're trying to debate. Like, what is that winning the cup? Is that winning another round? They've already done something that a lot of fans will be very happy with. Change the goal song. Officially, they are doing that, folks. Tonight, no more hollow notes. So if you head down to Scotiabank Arena, the first person to tweet out that new song is going to be aggregated and go viral. Uh, yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you could already argue, yeah, successful season already. Maybe a successful start to the season because finally this age-old question or debate will end like we finally have a new goal song and it took kyle dubas to leave for us to get a new goal song <laughs> new I, didn't, I didn't know it was a dubas problem but apparently <laughs> uh it was so uh, apparently there's going to be different songs yeah, so for different stages it, it's it's a little confusing i got but i guess you. we'll gain some clarity today a selection of three or four tunes based on original six games next gen games throwback thursdays and a regular season standard to be unveiled tonight so tonight even though it is original six they're just doing the regular season song tonight now my my I, I suppose i mean my Confusing. my mind goes to justin bieber all the time when we're talking about he'll definitely uh, be the next generation but he tweeted i can't wait to hear some all i think he's throwing today. people off oh. he did tweet saying can't wait to hear some hollow notes tonight okay. and then one hour later we find out the leafs have officially changed the hollow notes song so he might be Trish trying to throw us off the trail, but nonetheless. That, that may be the case. I think we've galaxy brained that. And we may be right. It might be a Justin Bieber song. Uh, but like when we're being truthful in terms of what actually defines success for the Maple Leafs this year, like I think there's obvious ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like progression, right? Can you win the Atlantic Division finally? It's something that they can only do when they play only Canadian teams <laughs> win a division. Uh, and those things would all be great. But I'm of the mind that proof of concept will define whether or not it's success or failure because we got a new general manager we have brad Living putting his stamp on this organization that has been run a certain way for the last five six seven years uh differently and i think you can easily make the assessment that it's different because they brought in different bodies it's not about hey can we be responsible Mm -hmm. around the core four it's can we actually supplement the core four so if it works if it feels good if it looks like this is the way it should have been done all along I think we can define success a little bit quicker than having to wait for the actual playoffs. All right, we'll keep debating this question. What is success for the Maple Leafs? We'll keep recycling that. You can also text in at 590-590 or tweet either Justin and I uh, what you think defines success for the Maple Leafs. But we'll bring in our first guest, Frank Cerebelli of dailyfaceoff.com. Uh, Frank, thanks for coming on with us. What's success for the Maple Leafs? I mean, it's a hard-hitting question right off the top, but we need to know. Yeah, geez. Thanks for the warm welcome, guys. <laughs> um, I would say it, it will, will, will find proof not in the concept, but in the pudding at the end of the year. Like, I don't care what happens this year. You can, if you want, hang a banner for winning the Atlantic Division, if that's what gets you excited. Um, I, I thought that was only reserved for teams without many banners in their arena, like <laughs> Nashville and Florida. But if really we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs who everyone um, universally, I think these last 
three, four, five years has looked at as one of the you know best teams on paper in the league, you need to show something for it. This is not a new breaking news item. This is something that we've been talking about for years is that, you know, winning one round, it can't be your bar for success. And I don't think it was, but it still felt to me like watching last year that there was like this exhale of, Oh, we did it. We finally got through it. It it needs to be so much more than that. Uh, it definitely does need to be more than that. You're right, Frank. Uh, but it is different. It's definitely different entering the season than it was last year, both in what we see in terms of the roster, but also the attitude. Like, it is a little bit more laid back. I don't know if they've earned a more laid back sort of feeling from winning one round, but it does feel like that regardless. And I think a lot of it is true living. I think a lot of the pressure has been lifted, but not necessarily because they won a round. But if you do look at this team, Frank, uh, on paper compared to last, and I'm not asking you to pull up, you know, exactly what the roster looked like last year, but it included the likes of, you know, Dennis Malgan, Nick Obey Kubel. And now we got the likes of, hey, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi. Uh, it does look a little bit different, at least up front. So when you do look at this roster and compare it and visualize what success might be, do you have more hope for the Maple Leafs this year compared to last? I do, because I think, you know, you're talking about um, trying to find ways to improve on the margins. And you've got your core pieces, your core ingredients to success. And now really what you're looking for are different spices to add to it to see if the flavor is better in the end. I think that's the easiest way to explain it. And when you add someone like um, like Bertuzzi, who I, I just think the world of as a player and, and all the different things, the, the elements that he brings – in in such a good way, I was referring to him in Boston as Brad Marchand Light. Um, he's probably not at the same level of player and impact that Marchand is, but has a lot of the same um, attributes and traits. And I think you can pencil in for 30-plus goals this season if he's able to stay healthy all year. He's that good of a player, that much of an annoyance, uh, that interested in willing to dig in and and drag the rest of the team into the fight. And I'm so fascinated by the thought process that you have, or at least the vibe check of this Leaf team is that it feels laid back. Uh, to me, Like I'd want it to be the exact opposite of that based on the real lack of of playoff tangible success. I also wonder, though, because part of that kind of comes from the top. Like, I do think Austin Matthews has that that vibe. Um, Mitch Marner at times has that, too. Like, how do you kind of break through from William Nylander definitely has that? How do you break through from that? And you you kind of are, like I said, maybe some spices are tossing those different things in. Ryan Reeves is going to be a huge part of that. Talk to the Minnesota Wild about his impact coming in at U.S. Thanksgiving um, and and the impact that he made on that team. They wanted to try and find a way to keep him and just couldn't afford to do so with their cap crunch and situation. Probably not going to score any massive goals or, or show up on the score sheet in some way that you're going to be super excited about. But not only is he a deterrent, but I think needs to send a strong message from the Toronto Maple Leafs to everyone else in the league there's not a single team in this league. These are cold, hard facts, not opinion, that is afraid to come in and play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. 
Uh, yeah, no one. That, that, that may be fact and that may be uh, true when the time comes. Uh, but just to your point on how, you know, they need to show that urgency, I, I just think the feeling for the last couple of years is that they tied themselves in knots to start the year. And it was so pressure-packed and everything, you know, the world is going to come down if they aren't able to have success. And I think it did affect the regular season. And I do think the laid-back atmosphere to start could help when things are urgent when the time does in fact come okay so you were in the building last night in pittsburgh connor bedard's debut you called for an epic debut season for connor bedard in your bold predictions piece was it the start of an (laughs) epic season for you for connor bedard i think so i mean aside from that opening face-off loss and forgetting (laughs) your stick for warm-ups i mean wasn't that like was it like was he being pranked rookie initiation or was he really forgetting his stick i think he was forgetting his stick but I also think there was a heavy veteran influence. I'll say that. I was talking to Corey Perry and uh, Taylor Hall after the game, and they were saying, like, hey, we we told him point blank, do not wear your helmet out there. Yes. doesn't matter what happens in warm-up. Um, you only get one debut, so uh, enjoy it. And I think he did. I think the entire Blackhawks team did. Uh, you could tell the energy around that team, how much of a shot in the arm he's given the whole organization and fan base that PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh was littered with Blackhawks fans, grown, hardened men wearing 98 Bedard jerseys for an 18-year-old kid. Uh, The pressure has been immense. It was unbelievable in the scrum yesterday, like Stanley Cup final level media turnout. And and one of the TV reporters from Chicago was asking him, what is it like to be in the, the pantheon of Chicago sports? He mentioned Michael Jordan and Kane and Taves and all these guys. And I'm like, Hold on a second. He hasn't even played a single game yet. Hasn't taken a shift. So before we go to anointing him, and probably I didn't help with that prediction of 102 points, which, by the way, won 102nd of the way there. Um, I thought it was a phenomenal debut, the way he controlled uh, different parts of the game, the scoring chances, the shot attempts. Uh, You can see it. Uh, Taylor Hall was saying, look, I don't want to make a big headline out of this, but I said, how good is he? And he said, the real deal. Mm. So... Taylor Hall has seen more number one overall picks than anyone on planet Earth. Yeah, it's kind of like you forgot that Taylor Hall was even there. <laughs> like it was Bedard. He didn't even get the goal. Someone else gets their first goal and it's still Bedard's show. And I mean, it's deservingly so. And I think it was interesting, the matchups that the the NHL put with Connor Bedard to start a season. And clearly he's running the gauntlet of the media cycle and against Sidney Crosby. And I wonder how Sidney Crosby felt kind of being aged out of the picture. And he was like, no, I'm not, I'm not passing you the torch yet. You saw that with the draw. Yeah, you know oh, how he cared felt. about that draw more than anything he was like i'm sending a message welcome to the nhl you know he's been asked for weeks about this kid at player media Mm -hmm. tour all these different things and you know sid showed the kid a thing or two oh yeah he he sure did he's gonna work on the face-off circle a little bit but everything else you know he's a point per game at this point (laughs) pretty early on but we'll take it um Sorry, Frank. The scout I, I, said to me, I just wanted to pass this along. Yeah. I thought it was a fascinating comparison at the first intermission. I said, what'd you think? He goes, well, first off, three shots a period. He goes, you do that. You'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And he said, this guy looks like Brett Hall that can actually skate. Oh. And I was like, wow. I, I, that's a thing to consider. He's a GT snow racer. That's the only thing missing. We need to get we need to get at least something uh, that we can put under Christmas trees uh, in the future. Uh, you mentioned number one picks. You mentioned well, Connors. Uh, let's go to Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bedard's going to steal the mantle from him just yet. 
So what do you expect this season for McDavid? It's not an encore. Maybe it's an encore for the encore for the encore. But what do you expect from Connor McDavid? Can he push it even higher this season than he did last, Frank? I think he can. And I think that's the amazing part about Connor McDavid is that he's never satisfied. Um, he's always looking for some element of his game that he can improve on. I remember, you know, coming off of a 47 goal season a few years ago, talking to him, what's your plan for the off season? He said, I'm just going to shoot all summer. I want to score more goals. Gets to 64 last year, kind of effortlessly, like scary how easy it was. I think he's going back to back 60 first player since Pavel Bure in 93, 94 to do it. I think the points you're only going to see ratchet up. Uh, but really kind of much in the same way as the Leafs, the Oilers probably going to have another good regular season, probably the class of their division, but it's go time. The, they need results bowing out in the second round. Like you can't continue to tell people, oh, well, we lost to the team that won the Stanley Cup two years in a row. At some point, that doesn't mean anything anymore. You've got to be the team that breaks through. And I I think this is a year that they have a real opportunity to do so. It's as wide open, I think, as it's been. And not only that, but there was something about the way this Oilers team, Leon Dreisaitl in, in particular, watching him at the podium after that loss to the Golden Knights doesn't always mean something, but it's as dejected and broken as I've seen an elite star player in a long time. And I think that was a real fuel for his success um, and training this summer, spending almost all of it on in Ontario, anywhere you went, Instagram, social media, it was Connor and Leon together. Mm. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. A very popular pick for the Stanley Cup. Uh, 50% of Sportsnet staff picked them to win the Stanley Cup. I know you didn't, so I'll get to your your pick a little bit down the road. But I want to ask you um, about a topic, obviously, that's been is pretty hot here over the last couple of days, the pride tape situation. Um, not only your thoughts on it, but just the outpouring of, I guess, pushback from players. Uh, we've seen Brian Burke as well today saying he wants the NHL to reverse it. But Scott Lawton saying, you're probably going to see me with it anyway. What are you going to do? Like, take me off the ice find me so i wonder how you think this is going to play out if it's even enforceable and if i mean it's it's a really ugly look to start the season and i think it's completely backfired for the nhl yeah so let me back up and give you my thoughts on the entire situation Mm -hmm. um i was actually on board with the decision that the nhl made to remove pride night sweaters and all of the other military appreciation night whatever it might be all of the different special interests and causes because One, I felt like the negative attention that it was bringing to it was actually harmful to those causes more than helpful. I thought, two, I don't, this is still Canada and the US. We live in in a free country, free society. You've got to have the ability to express yourself and not have something force fed to you. There's no gain in forcing or making someone to be part of something that they don't want to. And so I think it's important to protect that right. Now, that said, in the same exact breath, to remove someone's right individually to express themselves is draconian and so far back the other direction that they've not only totally lost me, but have gone backwards here. Because first off, it's in the NHL rulebook. It says quite clearly, tape of any color may be used. There's no reason to dictate this. There's no reason to take this away. There's no reason to step out like this. So for me, um, I I think hearing some of the players speak passionately about it, you've seen now the Women's Professional Hockey Union, uh, their Players Association comes out today and issues a statement. You know what's missing? Where's the NHLPA? 
Where's the NHL mm-hmm. Players Association? I asked them for comment 24 hours ago, laid out a whole you know list of questions for them to answer. Nothing. Crickets. Mm. And for them to be on board with something that their players uh, clearly feel passionate about listening to them, you need to have an outlet and an ability to express yourself and to close that off, I think is wrong. And so uh, that's that's my two cents on the matter. Yeah, we had Bill Daly on yesterday. We asked if, you know, would it be a uniform violation if pride tape was worn? Uh, it was, I guess I'm paraphrasing a we'll see, but mm. uh, it just seems like it was an idea that wasn't fully thought out. Uh, and with the reaction uh, and, you know, the way it's been on the microscope, uh, that seems pretty obvious. Okay, Ailish uh, mentioned that uh, you had a Stanley Cup pick that's published and, pick. and been reasoned. And I guess it is a bit of a hot pick. It's not the hot one at Sportsnet, as Ailish mentioned. 10 of 20 going with the Oilers. But you, Frank, going with the Dallas Stars. So why are you so bullish this year on the Dallas Stars? Well, they've got a track record of success in the playoffs. They've gotten to a cup final. They've gotten to a conference final. So they're battle-tested, they're experienced. Uh, they've got a really interesting mix of young guys and older guys. Um, I think when you look at the superstars that they have in Jason Robertson, and then now I think Rupe Hints is going to take it to the next level. The ace of spades is, to me, the most underappreciated star in the NHL. 75 points last year. I think he gets to 100 this year, and I think the stars become the third team in the league that has double-digit two double-digit or triple-digit scores this year. Um, so to me, you consider their back end the most mobile in the league for my money. Not the best, but the most mobile. Miro Haskinen, I think, going from a career-high 36 points uh, two years ago to 73, more than doubling it last year. That offensive production was the one thing he missed. And then Jay Gottinger and Nett. I thought the decision mm-hmm. to add Matt Duchesne after being punted by the Preds Um, You're going to find a highly motivated player who's obviously still pretty talented that fits and slots in perfectly on this team um, that still has some young guys coming. So there's a lot to like about the stars and why not Dallas? All right. Quickly, Frank, before we let you go, I can't help but notice you're not at the Phillies game tonight uh, up six one over the Braves currently. uh, What's your take on your, your Phillies? Well, I needed that score update because when I, Came down to six my basement one. to talk to you guys. It was one nothing Atlanta. They so, just got six runs in the third. I, I'm very happy to hear that. And second, the reason I'm not at the game is because I'm talking to you. Oh, goodness. I, I, I feel terrible, but we appreciate it. We were worried that was the well, answer. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that they're up 6-1. We got to end our interview on a good note. Uh, Frank, appreciate you jumping on. It was great to have you on our show. Your first video caller on our show. Looks good. The, the technology works. We love it. <laughs> Love to see it and see you guys next week. All right. Well, thanks, Frank. Chat then. Uh, it's Frank Cervelli of dailyfaceoff.com. Uh, yeah, Phillies are up 6-1, six, six runs in the bottom of the third right there. So there's your your score update in the, the world of the MLB. Yeah, it was back to our conversation yesterday. It feels like the wildcard teams mm-hmm. may be having a little bit of advantage. I, I, if you take one on the road to start after the team that, you know, earned that spot, mm-hmm. Uh, sat out for a week, and then you get to go home in front of that crowd in Philly, which is going to include Frank Saravelli tomorrow. I think it is uh, at your benefit. And yeah, it looks like the Phillies, it could be (laughs) Rob Thompson's year. You know we'll be okay with that. We'll be okay if the Canadian Rob Thompson takes it home. Um, All right, let's get to our segment, uh, Bet Rivers Now. Time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Obviously, Maple Leafs hosting the Montreal Canadiens tonight. That's the game I'm tuned in on, and I have a perfect pick for tonight. 
Austin Matthews, anytime goal scorer. He has the opportunity to be the fastest Maple Leaf ever to score 300 goals. And he's going to do it tonight. Um, he'll be passing Daryl Sittler, who took almost twice as many amount of games to do it. So I think he gets it on the scoreboard tonight. Also, with the fact that there's a new goal song, he'll be eager to have that one he be, wants to be the because one of him. Okay. So I'm going Austin Matthews anytime goal. Uh, that is a very Alish pick, uh, identifying a milestone and making sure that you mm-hmm. can profit off that milestone. I also have an Alish pick, which is the revenge angle, or at least like the, the common revenge angle with Josh Anderson. Oh, he yes. always scores against the Maple Leafs. I guess he's sort of a local kid, so there's a bit of a revenge mm-hmm. factor there. He Maybe always scores against the Leafs. Maybe it's just the fact that he always scores against the Leafs. I think we were doing the preseason. Thing. It was like 45% of games mm-hmm. against the Leafs. He scored. So a Josh Anderson anytime goal is plus 240. Okay. Uh, I want to do something a little bit different, though. Like maybe four-fifths of a unit on Anderson scoring at okay. any time. And then do first and last at Bet Rivers plus 1,400 for both. So if maybe he scores an overtime winner, you get to profit even more okay. off the inevitability of Josh Anderson scoring in Toronto. I like that. I uh, hope that the Maple Leafs don't have to go to overtime against the Montreal Canadiens, but nonetheless, could be a thing. Uh, that was Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Um, as we mentioned, the score, uh, you can check that on 360, uh, Sportsnet 360 with our MLB action right now. I'm um, Coming up with the network, we'll have Montreal and Toronto, obviously at 7 o'clock. Edmonton and Vancouver, another big one. Ottawa and Carolina tonight. All Canadian teams are in action. Um, all that to come. Um, but tomorrow, also a massive day for... Blue Jays fandom as Mark Shapiro will speak to the media, Mm -hmm. much anticipated, at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So Blair and Barker will have that pre-show or pre-press conference, and they'll break it all down afterwards. Um, You can catch all that, of course, on on our network. But it is kind of like anything is on the table type feel right now with Mark Shapiro and the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays and how Ross Atkins will be either supported or not supported when it comes to this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think it's anyone's guess. Like, we just finished Bet Rivers. If we were setting a line on, like, whether or not he sticks by Ross Atkins or not, does it feel minus 110 aside? Like, mm. I, I don't know Coin which flip. way I would be leaning. I, I would imagine that maybe a little bit of the information would leak out with everybody that we have working for Sportsnet yeah. trying to glean information from the situation. So I just think we don't really know. And I think and nothing would really surprise me, mm-hmm. at least to the extent of Ross Atkins last weekend, from Mark Shapiro tomorrow. Like, I think everything is on the table. I think there are, are multiple ways it could go. There are options he could take. I have no idea how it's going to go tomorrow. But if Ross Atkins, I mean, so Mark Shapiro rather, gets out of the, yeah, you know, this is the business. And now we're talking baseball. Mm-hmm. When Mark Shapiro is about to talk baseball, it's big, big news. And uh, yeah, I think everyone's going to be on the edge of their seat waiting to see what actually happens tomorrow in a highly anticipated press conference. That will be at 11 a.m., so be sure to tune into that. And later on in our show, we're going to play some audio from Whit Merrifield. He was on the Foul Territory podcast, and, I mean, he <laughs> he was an open book about the Jose Barrios decision and on the game plans that the, that the Blue Jays had and maybe how we're leaning too much into numbers. So if you thought that this was something that we were blowing out of proportion, well, there's a Blue Jay talking about it on a pretty popular podcast. We'll play that later in the show. We will have Luke Fox join us after we take our first break here. Um, He'll be live from Scotiabank Arena where the Maple Leafs will be headed out uh, quite soon for pregame warmups. We do have a very fun little cute thing. I'm Fraser Minton finding out that he made the Maple Leafs. He got the phone call while he was at Thanksgiving dinner at Morgan Riley's house. Mm. I'm just excited to see Fraser Minton tonight. I hope he gets a goal. I'm surprised actually that wasn't your pick. 
I might have personally picked that, but I didn't put it on Bat Rivers for today because I thought Matthews was a better one. Yeah, and we'll dig into it with Luke Fox mm-hmm. uh, over on Sportsnet Plus at 6.30. We're going to mm-hmm. catch up with Luke, who's uh, at Scotiabank Arena, ready to cover uh, tonight's game. But so many topics to go through with Luke. Uh, mm-hmm. And Fraser Minton is at the very top of the list. Like, it is not often that, you know, not the first line, not Boston Matthews and Mitch Martin, mm-hmm. not a second line in the pairing of William Nylander and John Tavares. It's the third line that I think carries the most intrigue with Matthew Nyes and Fraser Minton. That partnership that was so brilliant in the preseason uh, is going to be front and center tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, he'll join us from um, from Scotiabank Arena, probably give us like a pretty up-to-minute um, look on the lines. Obviously, we're going to want to see who's playing with who. I think we kind of get that, but uh, Luke Fox will join us after our first break here. We'll be continuing on Sportsnet 590 Fan and Sportsnet Plus, so you can catch us after the break, and we're going to talk about Max Domi maybe or maybe not interested in taking his dad's old number. It's available. Sam Lafferty's no longer here, so that's all next on the Fan Free Game. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to the fan pregame. Ailish and Justin here on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet Plus. We need to send a very special happy birthday out. <laughs> is it a special birthday <laughs> it's now? It's a special birthday. It is Daryl Hall's birthday of Hall and Oates. Mm. 77 years young. And happy birthday. Your song is stripped from the Toronto Maple Leafs goal song. Oh, I, felt I like, feel for him. I felt like such a moron because you guys are buzzing about Daryl Hall's birthday. I'm like, who is Daryl Hall? But I want to He's admit like, Taylor it. Taylor Hall's dad? Like, we got to start with Daryl Hall's birthday. I'm like, Daryl Hall? Who is that? Uh, oh, yeah, what tough, a birthday gift. Tough birthday uh, upshot for Daryl Hall losing the song. Maybe he would prefer it because it's like every year at this time, everyone's talking about how bad True. that song is. I think it's maybe it's not even a bad song. It's just it's overdue. Situ- yeah, it's just overdue. It's not even bad for the situation. In fact, I think it did work out well. But when everyone, especially the players on the team, want to hear something different, you're just like, mm. no, no well, you're time. not. You're gonna hear hollow notes till the end of time. I, I just don't think that makes sense. If they want to change, and it seems like a lot of people do, yeah. you should get a change. All right, before we bring in Luke Fox, who's going to join us from Scotiabank Arena in a few minutes, uh, great stat was given to us yesterday. Uh, Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin now have the longest tenured trio of teammates in North American pro sports history of 18 seasons. The trio of them for 18 seasons. That was A, shocking, make you feel a little bit old, but maybe this is something that a trio of Maple Leafs could one day break. Which ones are we talking about? Well, I mean, Morgan. Nice minted. <laughs> yeah, nice and minted. It starts 10A. Yeah, it does. No, uh, I mean, I, I think you could probably put Morgan Riley in there, mm-hmm. but we are talking about mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and I guess William Nylander is a little bit more interesting. But I think that possibility is based on three key assumptions. Mm. One being that each of them can play 18 seasons. Only 159 players in the history of the NHL have played 18 seasons. So it's going to take something special individually for them to even last. But then that's also, on top of that, the fact that they don't eat each other financially. Like, if they Mm -hmm. just continue to compete for financial dollars and the hierarchy doesn't make sense, like, eventually it might not work between them. 
But I think the biggest assumption is, unfortunately, that they win. Because they're yeah. not keeping them together for 18 seasons if this trio can't actually have success mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And we don't figure that out tonight. Season starts tonight. We don't figure that out tonight, but we're going to have to figure it out sooner than later. And, of course, the Nylander extension needs to be done for this to, to continue. But I don't think it's going to continue if they don't finally win in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like 18 years ago, the vibe and the setting of how superstars keep with their teams is a little bit different than now where – you know, it's very success-driven and money-driven. So those three guys needing to share a significant chunk of change and also win are some big hurdles to try to make an 18-year run as a trio of North American pro sports trio of guys. But, I mean, it. how many years are we into it now? Oh, you got to be like seven, eight, right? Okay, 10 more to go. You've got a long way to go. And I guess, you know, it's important to note that Malkin, Latang, Crosby have one and therefore you might accept some leaner years on the back half because yeah these guys are legends of a franchise that has actually had that success all right we're gonna send it down to our buddy luke fox joining us from scotia bank arena maple leafs about to drop the puck for the season opener against the montreal canadians luke how's the vibe down there the vibe is i just saw fraser minton do his uh rookie lap oh uh, he had his helmet on, though. He didn't pull a, a Connor Bedard. <laughs> the vibe is no TikTok sponsorship on the helmets, and there's uh, an all-star game patch on everyone's shoulder. Okay. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty loud here. You know, opening night. It's I'm glad it's finally here. It was a long preseason, and it's fun to finally get it going. Yeah, you look all fancy with your tie and your suit. It's opening oh, night yeah. for everybody, all dressed up oh, to yeah. the nines. Uh, Maple Leafs will have a new goal song. This was breaking news a couple hours ago. Uh, a couple different goal songs, depending on the night, depending on the situation. Um, any early? I know you're a music guy. Any early indications or rumblings? Did you see a mixtape anywhere? Anything you can share about the music sitch? Well, it's certainly the talk of the, the press box. Heaven forbid <laughs> we talk about hockey. We, we're consumed with the goal song conversation uh the theory seems to be that maybe it's justin bieber mm. just because is he trying to throw us off the scent with his uh social media posts that he's excited for some hall and oats uh well yeah the blue-eyed soul era seems to be coming to an end i personally didn't mind it but it had certainly run its course and it's not as if it was tied to any great team success the players wanted to change <laughs> it's time for something fresh so i'm excited to hear what they bring it up bring out and uh, I guess the joke is, what if Jake Allen pitches a shutout and keeps the suspense <laughs> going until Saturday? That would be something. Yeah, then we got to continue to talk about it. And it will be the yeah. number one topic in the press box. And now they can kind of just by making this decision now, they can just blame Kyle Dubas. Even if Kyle Dubas wanted to change, they can just blame Dubas because that, of course, is the biggest change from last season to this season. But that's not the only change. The lineup looks actually a lot different uh how much more confident are you in the starting point with this year where Bertuzzi and Domi and Reeves Klingberg etc compared to last year when clearly it was an incomplete team because Kyle Dubas went out and bought like seven players to add to the playoff roster comparing last season to this season which I'm sure you've done many times Luke's uh Luke uh which lineup do you prefer honestly I I I prefer this one just because I'm excited to see something different Hmm. There's going to be a different flavor brought in with, you know, Max Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi, and especially Ryan Reeves. Do I think it's better? I'm not sold. Um, I think the defense may have taken a step back. I think they don't have enough grit or size back there. I'm interested to see how John Klingberg goes, but I think it's going to be a 
bit of a, an adventure with him back there. He's going to get the start uh, running the, the top power play unit instead of Morgan Riley, which is going to be fascinating. He got banged up in training camp, so he didn't get enough reps with this group as he would have liked in the preseason. Um, but I think all told, I think it's better because of the way the Atlantic division is shaken out and the fact that Boston's taken a step back, losing not only its its number one center, Patrice Bergeron, but David Krejci as well. And I also think Tampa on paper has probably taken a step back. So when you look at the division, I think they're better positioned, but I think we're going to have to see how things play out here. I think defensively, the forward group is not as strong, but I think they're going to be more fun to watch. And I think there's going to be more scrums. So, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're just going to wait and see. But once again, this is going to be a fine regular season team. Mm. I'm not worried about them for them. And I also think Brad Trey Living's going to address the blue line between now and the trade deadline. And what we see tonight is not what we're going to see heading into action in, you know, late April, May. We're chatting with Luke Fox, our Sportsnet reporter down at Scotiabank Arena. Maple Leafs take on the Montreal Canadiens at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet. You can check that out. Followed by a couple more Canadian teams in action, Edmonton and Vancouver at 10 o'clock. Um, tonight is the start of the season, and we've seen slow starts for the Maple Leafs. Uh, traditionally, the last couple of years, October has been sluggish. I saw that Sheldon Keefe was asked about that today and said that the, there was a bit of a different change of the approach to the training, to training camp and coming in for preseason. Do you know any more about what might have tweaked or would have been different? Because this is uh, a conversation we've recycled almost every October about why does this team start so slow? So what kind of things could they have changed and how important is this like first five game stretch for them yeah well the last two octobers were pretty much awful <laughs> and then they needed fantastic honestly they needed fantastic novembers to climb out of it and get back on track and they found their way and i think the organization took a long look at that i mean i remember the last home uh, not home opener the last opener in montreal Sheldon keeps sounding off he was embarrassed mm-hmm. that they lost uh, the canadians on opening night the Habs are obviously a team in rebuild mode and the Leafs fancy themselves a cup contender. So for them to lay an egg on opening night, it was not a good sign. So what he did was he talked to his best players. What do, what do you need to get ready for the season? What, why did, why have we faltered in October? And they said, basically they were tired. He Sheldon keep runs a really hard training camp. What he did this time was he looked at the schedule. He talked to the players and said, what do you need? How many preseason games do you need? They played eight preseason games. The core guys, the superstars on this team, basically played three apiece, and those were well spread out. So they did not have as strenuous of a training camp. Now, some people on the outside may be like, look, this team, all they've done is won one round in seven years. They need to be pushed. But 82 games is a long haul. You want the guys feeling good. You don't want to overtax them too early. They're planning on a deep run, a long season. So I don't mind the fact that he canvassed the players and found out what they need, eased off the gas a little bit in camp because preseason, quite honestly, is too long for this team. They come in three weeks before camp even starts and begin with the captain's skates. These guys are in tip-top shape. It's not like before. Yeah, you could have given me 50 guesses, and I probably wouldn't use, you know, they're too tired for the excuses <laughs> of October. But if that's how it felt, then that's how it felt. It does feel like this team's not as tightly wound as it was, and maybe a few extra days off and batting practice with the Toronto Blue Jays uh, is, is... They should have played for the Jays. <laughs> and the Drake, con- the Drake concert, too. The Drake oh, concert yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just... Where we saw uh, Taidomi where we saw Ty Domi. And I think that segues beautifully into a question about Max Domi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Domi being a Leaf is 
quite the elixir to me. It's like nostalgia and need and intrigue. There's a lot that goes into it. He's not going to take number 28 from Sam Lafferty and I guess his father. Uh, but this is a big night in the Domi household, I would imagine. What are your expectations for Max? Ah, it's interesting. My expectations for Max is that he's going to be fired up. Uh, I don't think it was any accident that in each of his first three preseason games, he took a penalty in all of them. Uh, he's going to be engaged. And I, I think that's a good thing. You know, I asked Sheldon Keep about that, about finding the line with this guy, because he certainly has skill. He has the talent, but he's also not afraid to mix it up and wear his heart on his sleeve. And, you know, it's it's kind of been his trademark as he's bounced around the NHL to a bunch of teams and finally landed with his his father's old team. And Sheldon Keefe said, basically, I'd rather try and tone a guy down than get him revved up. And Max Domi is a guy that you don't have to get revved up. He's going to come ready to roll. And he's certainly aware of the legacy his father has, ties in the building tonight, of course. But, you know, he wants to carve his own path. And I think that speaks to him avoiding the the number 28 he said you know he had a great line saying that the number 11 makes him look taller uh he's certainly <laughs> he's certainly uh, not the tallest guy out there but he's going to be in the mix he's not going to back down he's going to stick up for, for his teammates defensively there's going to be moments where i think he frustrates fans and probably his coach but he's also going to provide some secondary scoring a guy capable of maybe providing as many as 20 goals on the third line so um I think he's going to provide a, a lot of character, and I think he's going to provide some great quotes to people like me throughout the season as well. Okay, vertical stripes, Max. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. because yeah, You Nick, don't want horizontal. Nick, Nick Kiprio said to me when I first met him, oh, you're a lot taller on radio, and I've been thinking about that he ever since. He said that to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am a lot taller that's, on radio. That's a Go. good compliment. That's uh, kind of mean. It's, it's kind of backhanded, backhanded it's actually. It's kind of backhanded. Whatever, if Kipper, just, if Kipper acknowledges you, that's a win. So, that is true. I mean, that's a, that's a, one, a big one for us. Okay, we're talking to Luke Fox down at Scotiabank Arena. Um, okay, so we know there's big expectations for the core four, but I think Austin Matthews can really solidify this as like one of his defining seasons. Obviously, there's a lot of hype about this Maple Leafs team, but uh, Matthews didn't have the Matthews season last year, and he had some injury concerns as a bit of an excuse, but he's got the opportunity to score his 300th career goal tonight, uh, which would pass Sittler for the fastest ever as a Maple Leaf. What do you expect from Austin Matthews? Can he continue to put himself in that hard trophy conversation? How many goals is he going to score? Is he going to push 60 again? Um, What can we expect, and what do the Maple Leafs need to expect from Austin Matthews? Well, I think they need him to be in the hard conversation. I don't think that's too much to ask. Mm-hmm. The guy's going to be the highest paid hockey player in the world starting next year on, on a per annual basis. Uh, you know, a 50% drop off uh, in goals going from 60 to 40. And, you know, no shame in 40 goals. I mean, a lot of us would <laughs> would, would kill to, to have that kind of a season and call that an off season. But certainly he wasn't satisfied right and he has personal goals he set for himself this season he's very good at keeping those quiet he doesn't want to make his individual goals public but i think the big change with austin in particular is that he's had some trophies on the mantle he's broken some records it's really all about team success and i think the the biggest sign of that was him getting his deal settled early he he didn't want the distraction he wanted to set the tone for his teammates and reassure them that He was in this for the long haul. They got five more years of this guy, one of the most dynamic players in the world. And it's like, follow my lead. Let's go. Um, I think he's really grown into a leadership role with this team. His defensive play is off the charts. That's being exemplified by the fact that 
he's thrown himself into killing penalties in camp. And that's something he's never done at any level of hockey. You know, he's always been the power play guy, the five on five guy. The fact that he's willing to take on the penalty killing role and has been asking questions and been in meetings and wants to really embrace rounding out his game, I think speaks to him as a team player. Now, in saying that, I don't think he'd be happy with 40 goals. I think he needs to get back up to 50. I think he wants to be in the conversation with Leon and Connor and Nate McKinnon and these guys as the best in the world. And I think the fact that he coming, he's coming in healthy, he's got healthy line mates, uh, great supporting cast. There should be no excuses. Uh, from the future highest earner in the NHL for, to a guy who's going to be earning in the 800,000s for the next couple years, uh, Fraser Minton is the <laughs> surprise of camp for sure. Um, how much, if any, does the season hinge on Minton making a step forward or a leap forward that no one really expected? Oh, I'm not putting the season on this kid. <laughs> I just think it's a, a wonderful individual story for him. And I think he's like an incredibly mature young man. He blows me away every time I talk to him and every time I watch him on the ice. You know, you know one thing I noticed that hasn't been talked about is the details in his game. Shift length. The guy never extends the shift. You would think a kid that's trying to make a hockey team would be trying to do too much, stay out too long. He always gets off, takes short shifts, never leaves his line mates in a bad spot. He's always defensively responsible. He's got a great stick, but he's not trying too hard. He's not dynamic. He's not flashy. He's probably got, not going to make any highlight reels, but he, more often than not, the puck ends his shift with it in the offensive zone, and then he goes off. Um, I think it's a wonderful story. Even if he gets sent down after nine games and rejoins his junior team and, and gets another look there, would it be great if he turns into a bonafide third-line center? Sure, but I'm not pinning the, the season on him. If, if he doesn't work out and needs more development, that's on Trey Living and Keith to figure it out. Uh, it definitely is, and it wouldn't be fair to put that on Fraser Minton, but I just don't know who plays third-line center if it's not Minton. I mean, what would you – what would be – uh, the fallback plan for you right away, Luke, if, hey, mm-hmm. nine games and, and it's it's time to go back to the dub? Well, they'd be scrambling, right? They'd, they'd be putting Nylander there when really deep down they want him as a winger, and he's a fantastic winger in this league. They would be bumping David Camp up to 3C and bringing up Holmberg to 4C. Uh, they'd be trying Noah Gregor at, at center. They, they'd be scrambling. They'd be trying different things. Maybe they'd bring Alex Sherfoot back. Like, I mean, they just don't have a, a suitable option. Really, it's probably something that gets addressed later down the road by the trade deadline. And the same thing they did by bringing in Ryan O'Reilly as a rental. I think we watch it play out. And if not, if a third-line center doesn't emerge, if it's not Minton, this is something they can address midseason. Luke, I noticed you were one of many that did not select the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup from our Sportsnet staff. Nobody did. Is this like a reverse psychology, like a non-jinx, jinx type event, or you really don't believe it's their year? Well, I just try to take the most well-rounded team, and I, I picked the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I think it's a great team. I, I put them among uh, a group of contenders. I don't love their blue line. I don't love their goaltending. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. They can prove me wrong, and I think it would be fantastic for the city and for the country to have a Canadian winner. But, you know, i got to be unbiased. <laughs> well, then nobody city, else picked up. I, 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 like, I like the Dallas Stars. Go ahead, sorry. 
Dell Stars. Well, you're not alone in that one. I know you've had a couple Dell Stars selections as well. Uh, Luke, we'll let you get set for tonight's game. Appreciate you joining us uh, from Scotiabank, and uh, we'll definitely be catching up soon. Uh, go Leafs, go, and big night tonight at Scotiabank. That was Lou Fox, our Sports yeah. Night reporter, um, joining us, as I said, from Scotiabank Arena. They'll be on in about whoo, 12 minutes. You can catch it on Sportsnet. Uh, puck drops against the Habs. Yeah, Herculean effort. I mean, 12 minutes before the opener yeah, in the press box. And yeah, we had to let him go, but it's, uh, I'm surprised that we were it. able to hear him as well as we were. Yeah, I didn't hear any of the pregame music. Like, he's got some great sound. We're saving it all for the goal stuff. Yeah, Keeping maybe it's just silent up there. Uh, it'll be a fun one down there. I mean, this rivalry is pretty epic. We've obviously seen um, some preseason action between them. We were down there for that one, and it was already a rowdy crowd, so I can not imagine that tonight will be anything but electric so looking forward to seeing um who gets that first goal for the maple Leafs. last year it was michael bunting the year mm-hmm. before pierre engvall william nylander freddie freddie the goat freddie the goat remember him austin matthews nazim kadri the list goes on there who gets the leafs first goal tonight uh i mean i kind of bet josh anderson i don't know if that's not the, the, Le- the first first, first okay so that's just the first it's of- matthews for me this season. I don't know. I feel like a Tyler Bertuzzi night might make sense. You know me. what another revenge angle is? Max Domi against his former team. He said, oh, Montreal's better than Toronto. He did that, played it up for the media when he's in Montreal, and now he's a big old the Toronto re- kid. The revenge angles are endless. It yeah, just feels like you lot. could always pull one. And that's a good thing when you can pull one of those revenge angles from Montreal and Toronto because, of course, that's a rivalry that should have those little anecdotes okay we have a second here to play the whit merrifield quote uh, clips before we take uh, our final uh, break and send you off into the night uh whit merrifield on the foul territory podcast two quotes here one on jose barrios and the decision to pull him and we're bringing this up because tomorrow mark shapiro will speak to the media at 11 a.m which will be very important to know the direction of this team but whit merrifield who may or may not have a future with the blue jays had this to say about jose barrios being pulled from the game i hated that jose didn't get a chance to go out and have that like signature i'm putting the team on my back get out of my way type game um mm-hmm. i thought he i thought he earned that chance um he was great for us all year and he was he was absolutely dealing so a pretty he's not shying away from the fact that he hated it. He used the word hate and a lot of players have kind of tiptoed around saying that it wasn't the right decision but it was the decision of John Schneider, apparently. And we might find out more about that with um, the, the press conference tomorrow. But if your players are coming out and saying they hate something, they hated the decision, I'm just feeling less and less confident about the vibe of this team. Well, I think that was the only thing I did like from that fateful night, I guess, mm-hmm. or afternoon. Uh, it was was that the players hated it just as much as the fans. Like, if you're going to take solace in anything, it's that everyone was kind of on board. It may mm-hmm. have taken someone to be the most odd, uh, honest that was likely on his way out, like Whit Merrifield. But he continues mm-hmm. to be honest, and he guess. He echoed what he said, but he also kind of went further on about the philosophies, right? And the philosophies he might be leaving behind and the fact that feel is less important mm-hmm. now. So he continued his thought on foul, tori, foul territory here. Our, our coaches and, and, and front office had, had their game plan going into the game. And, um, you know, it looks bad because it didn't work out. Um, but from a, a baseball player's standpoint, there's a lot of times where We've gotten so focused and so stuck on numbers and not letting a pitcher face a lineup for a third time or this righty face this righty or we can't let this lefty face this lefty. When you're locked in 
and you're going, it doesn't matter that I'm, I don't care when I'm, when I'm feeling good, I don't care if they got a right-handed submariner or slinger coming in throwing 95 from the side. It doesn't matter because I'm locked in and I'm going to, I'm going to hit this guy. There's the, the truth of the matter is I, I don't too much numbers, too much thinking, like there's no feel of the game. If you're not having that as a player, not having that as a management group, an ownership group, a front office group, it's it's messy, messy, messy. Yeah, and I don't know if we should take too much from like who's still remaining in the playoffs, but look at a look at a guy like Bruce Bochy. And I don't really know what Bruce Bochy's <laughs> all about in terms of like how much data he's mm-hmm. consuming and how he really feels about analytics and and the like. But what I have seen from the Rangers, who have made it easier on their manager by scoring a ton of runs, but I have seen a manager just trust his best pitchers Mm -hmm. and let his guys go out there and And pitch as long as they need to. And I do feel like those who don't oversimplify things, trust their eyes, trust what's actually happening on the field, Mm -hmm. I mean, that should probably be the first priority. That should probably be the number one objective and when you are told multiple times yeah third time through it doesn't work and you see the cracks start to form then yeah pull the pull them Mm -hmm. go to the bullpen but if those cracks aren't forming and you're just going off the data going off exactly what the plan was coming in then you are too rigid and i think rigidity gets you in trouble when you're managing baseball games all right highly anticipated press conference tomorrow 11 a.m mark shapiro will have that on our station uh blair barker will set that up for you and react to it and i'm sure we'll be able to do that tomorrow when we're back on the air at six o'clock um after us here on sportsnet 590 the fan you'll have alds game four minnesota and houston um that will be uh must win for the twins must win for the twins and of course lots of hockey here tonight on sportsnet maple leafs and montreal Canadiens. that's at 7 p.m that's right after we get off the air edmonton and vancouver with the nightcap and ottawa and carolina at seven that's on sports at one uh lots of viewing tonight cannot wait to race home and get on my couch and not move <laughs> yeah we better get going we got to be there for puck drop uh for sure it's habs it's leafs it just doesn't get any better all right can't wait to break it all down tomorrow at 6 p.m that was us on the fan pregame have a great night everyone we'll see you tomorrow